Hello, hello everyone. We're back, back again um, with, of course, PvP on the radar. The gaming show, well, the gaming show is a weird word to say, but we talk a lot about gaming, so it makes sense. Um, for people who don't know me, I am Marcella de B, a Dutch content creator, uh, presenter from the Netherlands, uh, active in gaming and automotive. So um, we're gonna talk quickly through the day or this hour so what we're gonna listen to uh we're gonna talk about the main subject is metaverse gaming um of course we will also talk about technologies that power metaverse gaming we also talk about future of metaverse gaming and we have we have a game block a game block is this time eden arcade um and of course i will not be able to do this all by myself uh so i'm gonna switch to my other screen because there we have Bastian, welcome. Hi, Marcella. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you too. Um, normally, I would say let's talk Dutch, but I don't think people can understand us then. So we have to keep talking English. <laughs> uh, that is all fine. Perfect. All fine. Uh, how are you doing? Doing great there in the sunny. I'm doing uh... great. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. Um, I think... You are, are you the first Dutchie? Not 100% sure. We have people from all over the world every time. So that's really, really fantastic. Um, I'm going to try to read the script that is very tiny, like like every week. So uh, this grandma is going to try to read it. Um, today we're having a Bastian van Roekel. He's the CEO, Eden Arcade and founder of, and you have to help me with this. Is it X-Punks? It's X-Punks, yes. X-Punks. Um, and on XRP? On XRP. That's Perfect. It. Okay. Since 2021, he has been starting businesses that utilize uh, the XRPL, and um, his team uh, is now developing a next generation game with the aim to utilize. I can't even read the words utilize. on my. Yeah, thank you. It's so small that the letters are just literally dancing in front of my eyes. The latest That's trends fun. in the areas of digital ownership and persistence in game real estate. Um, so yeah, Bastian, how did you enter this whole gaming industry? Yeah, so we started an NFT project uh, about one and a half years ago on the XRPL uh, called Xpunks. Uh, we are a punk style NFT project. Uh, the main utility for the NFT was to showcase uh, the fact that NFTs are now possible on the XRPL. That's how we started. And over time it evolved into much more. We started building our own NFT marketplace. We started building various applications for the XRPL that people can use. Um, and we set our targets on gaming very early mm -hmm. because we saw NFTs, it's, it's, gaming is one of the most low hanging fruits uh, for NFTs Yeah. Uh, when it comes to utility. Um, and there were games being built, but a lot of it was just focused on making money for the players or players uh, to, call, to call that, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, the, this whole play to earn, trend hype that you had for a second um, and we very early on noticed like hey these games aren't fun to play we need to create a game that is actually a game first and then utilizes nfts where it makes yeah. sense to actually enhance gameplay yeah okay and and um we always gamer yourself yes uh i started we had a nest back uh back home when i was uh, very very small uh, already playing duck hunt mario okay uh and then the first pc game was age of empires one okay uh i remember the first time i played that game and it's just uh it's it's still a game that's very close to my heart and then i got into shooters counter-strike source uh which i played for years and years and years nice i think then you're around my age like i'm 32 
Oh, right. I'm 29. So uh, yeah, very yeah. Close. It's yeah because like you said, Age of Empires. So she said it was kind of the hype around that time as well. So uh, yeah. for me, that was Conquer Online. That was my jam that I was playing. Oh a yeah, that lot. was amazing. It's really great good. too. So uh, okay, so the whole feeling for gaming was there on an early age already. Yeah, absolutely. I was. I, I think in modern slang, people would say I was heavily addicted to gaming. I, <laughs> it was all that I was doing. Um, like how we uh, always said when we were younger, nerd. <laughs> we were yeah. nerds. Yeah. From the moment I woke up, I I would already walk downstairs uh, to start gaming before everyone was even uh, was even awake. Nice. Um, yeah, well, my parents didn't think so. But... No, true. Parents <laughs> will not enjoy that. But, you know, yeah. for now... Until we started the NFT cool. project and it started going quite well, then my parents were, uh, all of a sudden realized, like, hey, this computer thing kind of paid off. So. Exactly. Well, I'm glad it did. Um, and before we dive into our first subject, can you tell us a bit about the projects you're working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So we have Xpunks. Uh, Xpunks is currently the leading NFT project on the XPL. Um we started quite early. We even started before the technology for NFTs was possible. We did something called tokenized whitelisting. Uh, for those curious, um, you can go to our website called uh, xpunks.club. Mm -hmm. um, shortly thereafter, we started on XRP, which is more um, of a of an ecosystem for the XRPL where there's um, educational articles, there's a decentralized exchange on ramp where you can buy XRP. Um, there's a bridge to bridge over to other blockchains, uh, and then the flagship product is the NFT marketplace, which is live and uh, currently has the highest primary and secondary sales volume on the XPL. Nice. That's good. Glad to hear. That's doing so well. Thanks. Um, and as a blockchain like lover, I would almost call or say, you seem to be very involved in the XRP community. Can you tell us a little bit about why you like that whole army? Because I yeah. now, like, there's little... It, it, this is a very late moment that I'm like... It's, it's like Ripple, right? That's the name mm -hmm. of it. Okay. Ripple is the name of the company that built the Bil XRPL. Yeah. Because now I'm like, hey, I know this one. Because, like, years ago, I was also very much into the whole blockchain and looking right. at how it worked. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. It just, it just you know came in my head very late <laughs> yeah yeah so. no, i uh, i remember back in 2017 when there was the this this bull run going on everybody was mm. investing even though nobody knew what they nobody were doing. knew they were like hey that sounds good yeah 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 no, <laughs> i remember buying some xrp knowing nothing about it uh and holding it for a long time uh yeah. but it was actually my best friend and fellow co-founder of uh of everything that i'm working on mm -hmm. uh kai who was really, really deep into the XRPL. He went like really deep. He was watching long videos every evening, uh, doing research, going into uh, like uh, the the message boards with all the conspiracies. And oh, really? He, he went, he went uh, the full way. He knew all the influencers. Mm -hmm. So when we started the project, he, he was more really the person that knew the XRPL, knew the environment in which yeah. we were starting. And I kind of grew to love the XRPL um, from that moment on. Yeah, um, uh, because is he Dutch as well? The other, yeah. okay, okay. So it's like a Dutch team, and well, not anymore, I think. Because how many people are yeah. in the team right now? Uh, so it's I I always describe it as layers. So we have a core team of six. Mm -hmm. um, they they will always be involved in pretty much all pro in everything we do. Uh, and then outside of that, we have silos depending on what we're building on. So um, we have a 
I call it semi-in-house development team that we put on certain projects that are like heavily XRPL related work. Mm -hmm. um, but for for example, Eden, the game, we work together with a partner and they they're this massive development firm in uh, in um, in the States uh, yeah. called CXR, Centrex. Okay. Um, so yeah, depending on the project, there's different amounts of people working on it. Okay. Yeah, and, and um, the whole... XRP army. Do you know much about it? About the whole fan base? Or was that more from your the, the other co-founder that was into that? Well, now after one and a half years, I definitely know uh, one or two things about it. So now yeah. uh, on the on the XRPL, most of us builders, we know each other, we talk, um, we often disagree about things that's, uh, as you do in these developing spaces. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, there's the, just this massive community of enthusiasts that, you know, they they follow the projects, they read the material, they come into the Discord, they ask questions, you interact with them, and you're together, you're building this this future, you know, this um, mm -hmm. you're co-creating this this new era of digital value. Okay, nice. And what's your favorite metaverse game apart from Eden and why? Yeah, uh, I am a big fan of Star Atlas. I think it's uh, it's it's super uh, it's super dope. I love space and sci uh, science fiction and everything that has to do with it. Uh, so Star Atlas. I also played a lot of Star Citizen um, yeah. uh, last year when I got the opportunity. So uh, I actually met someone from the Star C uh, Star Atlas team at GDC uh, Game Developer Conference and super nice guy. They've given us some advice as well. And I love the product that they're building. They're well-funded, it's beautiful. And I think this is one of the games that really is going to bring Web3 gaming to the masses and show how cool it can be. Nice. Um, before we go to the next subject with you, um, uh, I'm going to go to the big screen again to show my face for a second, because I'm gonna show you a little bit of a trailer. Uh, it's a little introduction about the metaverse. Uh, so there we go. Um, so the metaverse is a vision of what many in the computer industry believe is the next uh, iteration of the internet. A single shared, immersive, persistent 3D virtual space where humans can experience digital life. Some of the technologies that provide access to this virtual world, such as virtual reality, VR headsets, and are, are, <laughs> AR uh, augmented reality glasses are evolving quickly. Um, today, the metaverse is used for various purposes, including social networking, online gaming, education and training. It can be used to create virtual worlds that mirror the real world, or they can be used to create entirely new and imaginary worlds that can only hold the limitation of the engine it's built on. Too. So, it was already playing at another time because it was not quick enough. But uh, <laughs> we're going to back to Bastian as well. Um, so... What's your view on the metaverse? Um, yeah, short answer is I know it's the future. Um, it, it makes sense in every sense of the way. So we are just talking about still growing up with the NES and we know what kind of quality of games you, ha you had, what is it, 25 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, the way it looked. And if you just see that rate of progress, um, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. If you now walk around in these these games that have been built on um, under Engine Five, it's 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 uncomparable to what we played with twenty five years ago. You know, mm -hmm. um, so the rate of improvement it it isn't slowing down. It's getting better and better, better, more realistic, yeah. and we're getting these new technologies. So AR VR has now really gotten to a point like it's almost massively like 
a lot of people have an Oculus Quest 2 mm -hmm. uh, or the newer variants that are coming out. Uh, people are getting used to its existence, uh, but the next step is really going to be AR. AR is going to be massive. I believe that very strongly. Okay. And we're slowly going to a world where it is, and especially Neuralink, throw Neuralink in the equation as well, and other, other similar technologies that will come, will go to a world where you always live in some with some degree of digital overlay in your life um, that, that you'll get used to and you'll be hesitant to live without, just like you're now hesitant to live without your phone. Yeah. Um, you'll always carry these digital overlays and you'll get to this point where digital items that aren't materially there, but are perceived by all of us because we're all using the same technology, they'll become an integral part of our life that the you wouldn't want to live without it anymore. And that that, is, that really is what the metaverse eventually will be. It will be bridging that gap between digital and physical uh, reality. It's crazy though, because like you see a lot of movies that they built around it and you'd be like, haha. But if you look at like some videos and not even that long ago, maybe 20 years or whatever, and they're talking about, or maybe a bit longer, but they talk about internet even. And it was like, mm -hmm. whoa. And same with a mobile phone, you know, you can't imagine that you could have done so many things with your phone when, when then we talk about, I was 11 and had like a Nokia, you know, like uh, the first time with a bit of color in the back, that was huge, but mm, that yeah, was something went so quickly. So, and the technology goes faster and faster. So what you're saying is hundred percent true. And I believe it as well, because um, we will be more and more in need of it. Like it's something we get used to. Uh, I mean, children are almost born with the phone in their hand. So yep. can you imagine how it is in like 20 or 30 years or maybe 50 years? I don't think you even like when we're old, we are going to look like, wow, that is crazy. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And in many cases, it will it will make our life uh, lives a lot better. Uh, um, in the end, we operate on information and having the right information available when you need it uh it's just uh, like productivity will spike immensely um and taking care of ourselves will be much easier interacting with other people can become much easier um obviously you'll always see those downsides and mm -hmm. but i think we always make the mistake of overemphasizing those downsides uh, so we talk a lot about why phones are bad for you but like the conversation should really be like how What's insane is it you can drop me anywhere in the world and I know how to find my way back home. Yeah. You know, that is, yeah. That is so massive. So. And in need, like if you're in need of help, all those things. Like, yeah. uh, it's it's crazy when, in, in a way, my mom is saying, yeah, well, then, you know, I had to go to the doctor for your, for your dad. And then I had to walk all the way to the town to go to a phone or anything. That's yeah. dangerous because so many lives, you know, Absolutely. and too quick because of it. Um, but yeah, of course, in another way, there's like a lot of lives always end as well because of a phone, because of driving with it. So it will always have a bad and a good thing. But that is always the case of anything that will come around. It is how yeah. it is. Uh, but yeah, no, that's it is. Um, so how are the metaphors and gaming related? Um, yeah, so this, uh, so to a certain extent, um, and we'll talk about this more later, I think, um, but to a certain extent, um, the metaverse, so principles that the metaverse will bring will make gaming more fun, uh, mm -hmm. or at least more exciting. Yeah. Um, so that is one, uh, but I think for a second, uh, a second part of the question is, 
the meta uh, gaming is building a lot of the technologies um is is building incidentally a lot of the technologies that the metaverse will eventually run on so a lot of principles that we've discovered through building these complex games mm -hmm. our principles will will be using in creating these really cool ar digital overlays that have nothing to do with gaming but just make make our life better yeah okay yeah makes sense and um how is the experience of gaming in the metaverse different from traditional gaming experience for example there are already a lot of open world games out there is that different from a metaverse game yeah so there's in so the question of what a metaverse is is a question that a lot of people are still wondering uh, yeah. after like this whole craze of the buzzword the metaverse game when uh, facebook um um rebranded itself to meta and meta mm -hmm. and they announced we're going to build the metaverse and etc and well crypto of course uh, seized seized the opportunity to make a, some people in crypto seized the opportunity to make a lot of uh, money using the word um, but yeah, uh, we're all still left wondering what exactly is the metaverse um, and why isn't it just like an RPG game or, or Second Life or whatever. Um, and there, so originally the metaverse was envisioned as this VR world, uh, this really believable VR world getting close to what you see in the Matrix, you know, like really a second type of world that you can jump into uh, and whatever. I think the metaverse is going to be more what I described earlier it's going to be a persistent a persistent digital overlay over the environment in which we already live mm -hmm. um, but also in gaming um, there will be you you'll be seeing elements added to games uh, and we're doing the same thing as well that you haven't seen in gaming up until now that I'd say this really differentiates it from classical games and makes it able to call itself a metaverse or at least to some extent mm -hmm. uh one of them is cross-platform interoperability and with that i don't mean we play a match you play on the xbox i don't i play on the pc but i mean that i as the gamer use all the devices that i have to play the same uh, same game uh, mm -hmm. but in different ways so i if i'm doing X, Y, or Z, I'm using my computer, but if I then have to go into the city, I put on my AR glasses and I can still play the game. I can meet other players. I can see them where there are more of the game while they're walking <laughs> on the street. You know, the, all your devices will work together to create this coherent gaming experience. So that's one very important aspect, I'd say, make something a metaverse. And that's also really a big vision for us for the long run for Eden. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, you also have the the idea of persistent player property is at least how I call it. But I'm sure people have different words for it. Mm -hmm. uh, but for example, some people listening might might know, for example, the game RuneScape, where you used to you could have your own house in RuneScape. Yep. So you had this whole world, this map with villages and cities and whatever, and all these buildings there. They were just npc buildings to call it like non-playable buildings yeah to, to, they weren't owned by the player they made up the main the main world but if you had your own house you went through this portal and then a separate instance was loaded yeah. where your house was you know it's not a persistent house it's not a part of the actual Game. world it's yeah like different area that is spawned just for you so that you have the feeling that you have a house yeah no one else sees it only you see your own house yeah, yeah. and you could invite your friends to come over yeah. but that that's it um, and in persistent player property, the you actually own a piece of the main map, and it cannot be it. It isn't deleted by the game developers. It's it's part of the main map. You actually own that piece. So, 
Um, you can imagine a digital city where every house is owned by one of the players. Um, so your digital ownership as the gamer will be part of the main gaming environments that we all play in. And it makes it a lot more realistic because that's how the real world functions as well. Yeah, so it's a real world, but then into a digital world. Yeah, and then the last step is true digital ownership. So you actually own the items that you have in game uh, mm -hmm. and you can do with them as you please. You can sell them for real life money if you kind want. Kind of like an uh, NFT again, like owning yeah, something yeah, uh, that, And this, this is the part where, where, this is the part where NFT technology plays a significant role in the development of the metaverse because NFT technology enables us to do this really efficiently yeah. and really effectively. Hmm. My brain is like going all kinds of ways, like thinking of all these things, because that's it is sort of intense or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, it uh, <laughs> it will fundamentally change gaming to a large extent. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I I'm not advocating that every game should should start adhering to these new principles or whatever. No. It's it's also fun to play a game where there isn't a real life stake, where your items don't have real life value. Obviously, yeah. it's it depends. Uh, so you'll have games that do this you have games that do that or games that do none of these uh, aspects you'll you'll you get a little bit of everything true and how does an ownership of assets work in uh, the metaverse like it, it's like an nft right what we're just talking about yeah so there's different ways that you can do it mm -hmm. uh, so one way that you can do it and how it's pretty much done right now at this moment is the game developers they have their own central server and that server just tracks which item there is and who owns that item basically mm -hmm. um the problem there is you as the gamer you're dependent on the game developer and their central server and the reliability of that server and the goodwill of the game developer etc etc with the blockchain if you as a game developer decide okay my players they can store their digital items on the blockchain mm -hmm. then nobody can touch it except for the actual owner of the wallet that holds this so that holds this nft Mm -hmm. So you're creating trust with your player base. Yeah. Um, secondly, you're also enabling other game developers to also start building utility for those items. So I can have a I can have a video game where where there's like cars or whatever, and players can own those cars and they can own them on the blockchain as well. So they can take them out of the game into the blockchain, hold them as NFT. Mm -hmm. And another game company could decide like, hey, we like those cars that the game is using. We're also just going to enable players to use those cars in our game. So now you get interoperability between games. Uh, and theoretically, those two game developers don't even have to talk to each other or agree about anything or coordinate anything because the information, the metadata is stored on that NFT mm -hmm. about that car and what it can do. So game developer B can just look at the metadata and say like, okay, this information we're going to use in our game. Mm -hmm. So you as the owner of the digital asset can all of a sudden do a lot of things with a lot of independent uh, yeah. games with yeah. that one digital asset. Okay. Mm, do you hear that, guys? Like, a lot of food for your thought. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to check in the chat. Is there any question you would like to ask uh, about Metaverse Gaming, obviously? It's like a sort of the community questioning uh, part. So if there's anyone who wants to know anything, just let us know. Uh, I can always come back to that. Um we can also really go to the next subject. It's technologies that empower metaverse gaming. Uh, metaverse being an immersive experience. What are the technologies that play a key role in the development of metaverse gaming? Um, 
Yeah, so in Metaverse Gaming, uh, in broad strokes, just the same technologies that have been used to create games uh, in the past. So, um, yeah, you need your server technologies, um, uh, you need your game engine, um, you need your technologies that you use to create the digital assets, the models, uh, modeling softwares, uh, all that stuff, sound design, just the whole shebang A to C. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when it comes to offering the players true uh decent true digital ownership then using a decentralized ledger is the best way to go so the blockchain is really the the new addition um yeah and then coming back to what we talked about earlier is to really get to that real state of what i call a metaverse is ar technology needs to be readily available and mass adopted um so there's rumors going around that apple is going to drop um or maybe they already have maybe i haven't seen mm -hmm. the news yet but it could be, I hear it could be happening any second now. I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to share that. <laughs> uh, but these, um, uh, 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 Apple will probably come with a really good pair of AR, uh, with a good, really good AR enabled headset mm -hmm. uh, at some point. But we're still a little bit out for real, like, indistinguishable from normal glasses, AR glasses that you, that everybody is willing to wear on the street and yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. That is really that technology that I'm waiting for. Like, hey, this technology is going to change everything. Um, so, yeah, the, broadly speaking, those are the technologies um, that set apart the metaverse. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I see Cloverdale has a question. Is centralized or decentralized metaverse? What is better? Um, yeah, it depends. Uh, if the question is a centralized metaverse, like the actual game is running on centralized servers, that will be the case for a long time. What you, does it mean? Because, like, I am a new yeah, to so, this. What does centralized or decentralized mean? Yeah, so I am going to assume that uh, that the question is just about the digital value that's in the game. So you have your game, uh, mm -hmm. and that game has items, and they are they have value. Um, at least to the players, they have value. Maybe mm -hmm. not to anyone else, but to the players, those items have value. That's why you put in a lot of work and time to yeah. get those items. Yeah. Um, so, for example, if you look at Global Offensive, you have these skins, people put in a lot of work to have them, people pay each other for their skins as well. But yeah. this is a centralized mechanism. The game has their own centralized database, mm -hmm. uh, and that's where it strikes, hey, these items are there, these are the owners. Um, so that is a centralized way of dealing with digital value. Okay. Uh, I am a very strong proponent of doing that in a decentralized manner and using a blockchain. Mm -hmm. So that because a blockchain guarantees that nobody can mess with those assets except for the actual owner of the NFT. Okay, makes sense. Um, yeah. So in a lot of games, a lot of games don't like you to trade your assets for real life value either, um, uh, or they want to impose rules on how you can use your items or what you can and cannot do with them. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm a strong believer that uh, that at least uh, you can you can create a very appealing experience for the player when you don't do that. Um, so I think doing that then with the blockchain is a good way to to show that trust to the player like hey we trust you guys here's your this is your these are your assets and we'll make sure that we make decisions to make the game better and we'll keep in mind that you guys have these items yeah. but we're not going to impose rules on you guys on how you can use those items you can burn them if you want you can delete them you can trade them for real life money do with it whatever you want these are your items so yeah i believe that sent decentralized is better Okay. Uh, but there's things that you cannot do when you uh, so some games they rely strongly on 
do you know doing regular server wipes so in tarkov or in rust oh. sometimes you wipe the server you wipe all the assets you wipe everything that everyone has you kind of need that to sometimes when you when you haven't really put in a lot of work into making sure that the economy is indefinitely sustainable mm -hmm. then you need to do a server wipe every now and then otherwise everybody has way too many items and True. everything is useless and the game is no uh, no longer fun okay so in that case then you do a server wipe but if you start issuing your assets on a decentralized ledger ledger you cannot wipe those assets anymore so mm -hmm. you have to make sure that your economy is sustainable Okay, and another question from the chat. Do you think a government will try to be involved in some of the econ uh, economic mechanics? Um, yes, absolutely. Especially as soon as you see that, uh, so you'll, you'll be seeing, and yeah, this will be the, this will be the big hurdle. Um, I really believe that this will be the big hurdle. So the technology is there, the, the vision is there, um, like in this little clique of actual Web3 gaming builders that there is, the vision is clear. We all believe everything that I'm saying here. We pretty much all believe all believe these things. Mm. Um, and the technology is there. The funding is there. So these games will be coming. Um, and, they'll, and some of them will become really big. So you'll get to a point where you have this one digital economy that just has millions and millions and millions of dollars going around. And extra like bad bad actors will try to manipulate to use that economy for uh, money laundering maybe for terrorism financing whatever yeah. so that will raise red red flags and i think generally governments just don't like it when there is when there are phenomena that they can't really control that have real world consequences sometimes bad consequences and mm -hmm. obviously the people should start asking questions when when it happens so yeah you'll you'll get this you you will get this friction with governments uh, depending on what kind of governments they are in control in what jurisdictions but you you will see the um, you will see this friction happen and yeah the economy will do what it does it's just it will adapt and uh, hopefully hopefully we'll have some smart people in power that actually make reasonable decisions uh, when it comes to regulating this yeah in the end if there's money <laughs> Yeah. There's also trouble. So. Yeah, when there's interest involved, then, then yeah, hundred percent. Really yeah. Uh, all right. Um, then subject three: future of metaverse gaming. In your opinion, how how does the future of metaverse gaming look like ten years from now? Uh, I have a, I actually have a bet with the CEO of Zetron. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people listening might might know it. Zetron is this uh, digital horse racing game. Um, okay. So we have a bet that he thinks it will take longer than five years for my vision with AR and uh, this interoperable interoperable plus cross-platform gaming to become a reality. I think it's going to be earlier. So we have a bet on this. Okay. Uh, I think we'll be seeing, we'll, we'll see a good pair of AR glasses that will be good enough for people to start using in their daily life within now and the next three, maybe four years. Wow. Uh, and I think as soon as it's there, it will just, it will skyrocket. People will start using it really quickly. So yeah, the what, what I really see happening is, especially within now and 10 years, we'll within now in a couple of years we'll start getting used to always having this digital overlay in our life and it will become as common as the as the phone that that we all hold um uh keep with us uh and in gaming um you'll get that experience like hey i'm playing my game at home maybe vr maybe pc 
could be the same game even. I decide I'm going out in the city to do some groceries. Mm -hmm. uh, I take my AR glasses with me. And when I'm bored whilst walking, I put on the AR glasses and all of a sudden I see people on the, I see one bloke on the street who is playing my game. And I see that because he's wearing the armor, you know, my, <laughs> is this digital overlay. I see him wearing the armor, walk up to him. We talk about, hey, how did you get this? Blah, blah, Maybe you even start throwing spears at each other or whatever. Uh, this is what I see as the the true as true metaverse gaming. And is it then like okay, we're starting off with glasses, the same as we you know start with a big ass phone, you know that even in the car had to be wired. Uh, yeah. To later on, instead of the glass, that it will be a contact lens that you put in, because yeah, not uh, not absolutely. everyone wants to wear a uh glasses all the time but yeah. definitely like they put these these contact lenses in and yeah, the same I'll do with you the chips better. they're I... always big and you know got smaller yeah i'll do you one better i think we're just going to have it implanted into our eyes at some point oh jesus that's i don't think i will be alive anymore by that point <laughs> oh i'm pretty sure you will be oh I really that's so scary uh, oh. i think 20 may max 30 years but i'm pretty sure Ooh. that this will happen um and we'll get used to it we'll get used to it really quickly it will be uh it will be super dope <laughs> i'm a bit scared though because that's like that's like okay I, the contact lens was already something but hey some implants in my head i, just, I, don't, I don't know i don't know yeah these, <laughs> these things they they happen slowly but fast as well so yeah you know you you every step of the way with how we use phones it, it it's only been like 15 years or the internet mm. you know 15 years before Crazy. everybody really started using it. it it hasn't been that long but it never really felt rushed it always like that extra thing that you started doing that now changed it your life happened. You know, it just happened it just happened it just felt natural to start doing it as well other people were doing it you know that's that's how it always goes so crazy oh man i have so much to think about after this uh so now it's time uh well uh, steve said there will be no we stopping it even though it's a bit scary true 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 it's 100 true uh so now we're going to the game lock uh eden arcade uh so uh the game is called eden but you guys are called eden arcade right yeah, Correct. the company is called Eternal. Um, so normally in this part of the show, we're showing you uh, some gameplay or uh, we play actually the, the whole game or a part of it. Uh, but this time we go a little more into the philosophy of the creation of the metaverse for the XRP community. So what are the Xpunks to Eden? Uh, yeah, so the Xpunks are the project that started it all. Uh, the Xpunks is an NFT, NFT project that stands that prides itself on on the idea of pushing innovation that is, mm -hmm. that is um, so and i think it is in line with what you should be doing as a punk project so you had the crypto punks uh, a couple of years back and they're still massive of course but they they pushed the agenda for nft technology they yeah. they they brought this to the masses they showed they made a lot of noise and they showed like hey this is now here you know do do with it what you want um and we for us it's been really important that that is also a part of our journey that we don't just build hype don't just um uh you know yeah that it's not just hype building but there's also like hey let's show you guys what we can do with this technology so gaming um was one of the logical steps that we undertook uh, and we're very satisfied with the results thus far Nice. Um, uh, hopefully, we can actually show some uh, some stuff soon. Uh, we were hoping that we would be able to show stuff during this um, during this call, but at the moment, it's just building, 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 really getting those last uh, last things in order. Um, 
so yeah, the Xpunks uh, fundamental. It's a it's a corner pillar for Eden, uh, and it always will be. You as an Xpunk holder will also always be rewarded for being that Xpunk holder. Um, also in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll 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 disclose more about all of this uh, when we can. Mm, uh, okay. Also, we'll definitely be. Uh, exploring the lore of the X-Punk within the game. Uh, we'll make okay. sure that that you'll you'll get to see more of what the X-Punks are, and we'll 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 give we'll give the player a story to enjoy. Well, I'm super like I'm always <laughs> I'm always very excited to hear and see more. Uh, so hopefully, maybe there is a way that you can come back and show us uh, one day, and yep. uh, I would love to play and try it out as well, of course. Uh, yep. Some. <laughs> Someone said, I can't say the name because that's like offensive if I say the name, but he said, come on, tell us more, boss. <laughs> uh, but I can't say his name out loud. I was always yeah, saying like, ooh, I, can't do it. I feel bad for for our community because they uh, <laughs> they have been so patiently waiting Small. and we have given yeah. so little. But uh, yeah, we, we <laughs> really just want, we want to reveal everything at once. We don't want to yeah. kind of, uh, yeah, you know, we, we like to just, surprise everyone and just show like hey boom this is what we've been working on it's 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 the most fun effect fair enough fair enough and uh, how did you come to the idea to create eden um so we were uh, so we're we're punk style project it's like pixelated uh if you if you know more about it it's a celebration of internet culture uh celebration of like old school gaming as well uh, mm-hmm. very nostalgia driven uh, so initially we were exploring doing something like a pixelated game, maybe 2D. Uh, but then, well, one, the funding was uh, allowed us to do bigger than that. But uh, also, yeah, we, we just decided like, hey, let's actually just just build something that has a lot of future potential. That, yeah. that re- uh, like the technology that we're building now is now useful for playing this game. But in the future, it, we can utilize some parts of that technology to carry over to that vision that we have of like AR gaming, uh, virtual reality, cross-platform, all that stuff. We, we're all already building that technology by building Eden to also be in the right position when that technology comes available and when that bull run starts happening. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, what was the question again? I, um, <laughs> how, how, did you, how did you come to the idea of Eden? Oh, yeah, yeah, the idea of Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, but... Yeah, certainly. I, I, it's really difficult for me to tell about the idea of Eden without telling what Eden actually is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, there was, there have just been some eureka moments, especially when we started talking to Centrex, our partner and also co-founder of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we just had a lot of creative sessions and a lot of there was just a lot of synergy and like every idea built upon the previous idea. And all of a sudden, there's this entire picture, and we all just looked at it, and it was like, "This is it. This is what we've always wanted to build." Yeah. Okay. And what can you tell us about Eden Discovery? Uh, yeah. So not much. <laughs> well, next question then. <laughs> uh, Eden, uh, Eden Discovery. Uh, so one thing that I can say is one of our inspirations. So we've always been first-person shooter fans. So we mm. wanted to. We wanted it to be a first-person shooter. That was important to us. Um, first person shooters do well as well. We wanted to make sure that it's a game first and a metaverse second. So okay. we didn't want to build this whole hypey metaverse. It's just about selling land or whatever. No, it's a game first. 
uh, and you can enjoy the entire game without using blockchain. You don't have to use blockchain. You don't have to yeah, know what good. blockchain is. You can just load up the game. You can start playing. Every time, every time the game tells you like, hey, you can use blockchain for this, you can click skip and <laughs> that's it. Nice. Um, so that was important to us. And another big inspiration for us was uh, EVE Online. EVE Online has this really massive, complex digital economy, people working for each other, organizations, companies, mm-hmm. the political structures. And that inspired that inspired us a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I think I heard that EVE Online is now also uh, looking into uh, integrating blockchain in their game. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a, the, for us, it made a lot of sense to to try to build an eco- to build something that can have an economy of that scale and that complexity, mm-hmm. and then have it be blockchain enabled as well. Okay. And what is that you want to accomplish with Eden Arcade? Yeah. So uh, first of all, literally the last thing I said is uh, we we really uh, we really want this game to have this really vibrant, mm. self-governing, sustainable economy. So nothing, mm. not us sitting there top down forcing the economy to like there should be less swords or mm. there should be less this and yeah. like tweaking stuff all the time. We we want this to be organic and complex, and we want people to start to not feel like they have to use pre-programmed gameplay mechanics to start organizations or whatever we really want to en- enable um enable people to work to f- forge their own path and to yeah to con- contribute in the economy the digital economy as they want a lot of this won't be there in v1 i can already say this because this is going to be a long road this uh, the the ambition is high so with v1 we have created a uh, a foundation that we're happy with uh, and mm-hmm. from that moment on it will be a lot of co-creation together with the community so listening talking to the community a lot seeing what people want and uh, yeah just keeping building slowly that vision of getting this this fast digital economy um, that yeah of which you'll never fundamentally get bored okay and what challenges did you overcome while building the game um a, a lot uh i think one of the most eye-opening things uh, as someone who is a lifelong gamer is just how easy it is for you as a gamer to have critique <laughs> and not really understanding that companies have uh, the builders of games have limited budgets yeah that is really something you learn when you start building your game is every decision is a trade-off every mm-hmm. Every decision becomes a trade-off. Uh, if you want this, then you cannot have that. That is, yeah. the, every conversation is that same conversation. So it's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of meetings that you have when there's four different people that want different things, that have different interests. Um, and sometimes there isn't even a clear way to decide who is going to be right. So yeah, you'll just have to keep talking until you get there. True. Um, so yeah, no, my respect for game developers has just grown oh. exponentially since when, uh, since whenever uh, we started this. It's really, really, really complex to uh, build a good game. Yeah. Oh yeah, can imagine. And definitely, if I I've, I've talked with so many people now already in the gaming industry, and it isn't easy, but it is fun uh, in the end. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. yeah is fun. And what's the part you're most excited about, and can, that you can already share with us, of course. 
what uh, what I'm just uh, this is a good mm-hmm. question. I'm excited about so much uh, so much of this game. Uh, well, the, at at the moment, I'm just I'm just in that development mindset. Like, I just want the game to to be live and work. Of course, you <laughs> so, want to show everyone. Like, yeah. It's the lowest hanging fruit. I just want it to work. <laughs> yeah, then, then I'd already be the happiest person on the planet, mm-hmm. of course. But the ambitions are higher, of course. Um, no, I. Uh, so we have this vision of this persistent world, and mm-hmm. we haven't really seen this built the way that we're building up until now. Yeah. And it's always scary doing something first. So it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be tricky just watching it. But if it works and if it does what we're what what we wanted to do, yeah, that's going to be an immensely satisfying feeling because then you are in this position to show the entire gaming industry, like, hey, look what we did. Yeah. You know, this you guys can start doing this too. You can really start paving the way uh, for the industry. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, when can people expect more information about Eden Arcade? Um, if people just keep uh, an eye on our socials for the next months, mm-hmm. uh, you'll definitely hear more. Okay, then we directly do go to the next one. Could if you want to contact Eden or how they, you know, how they can contact you? Uh, where is best to do that? Twitter? Is there Discord? What's the best? Yeah, so there's a few different places where you can look. There's uh, obviously it's always a good idea to just follow the Xpunks uh, Twitter. That is at xrplpunks. Probably you can find all the socials on the website. So I'll just name the website. You have uh, the Xpunks website, um, either or xpunks.club, www.xpunks.club, mm-hmm. uh, and then secondarily there's the website of the game, Eden.game, which right now is still a little bit mysterious. It's just okay. just a front page. Okay. But over the next month, you'll see us uh, revealing the actual the actual website for the game with all the information uh, and and stuff. Over, I'm 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 not saying any dates, but just keep an eye for the next month. You'll you'll hear more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there you can find all our socials and uh, and keep track. Uh, so join the discords, join the Twitter pages, um, and you'll you'll be sure that you're informed. Yeah, and if you are like, whoa, that was very quick. Uh, if you have Twitter, go check it out, or let's see the chat there as well, uh, because we made uh, a post today on Twitter or some tweets about this show, um, and there are the links as well to the Twitter. Uh, so. Uh, but I see already in the chat, everything is sorted. Um, so I want to thank you for today. Appreciate you being here and uh, telling us more about. My brain is a little bit melted because this was like a different whole, different story for me that I don't know much about. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, it was really fun, uh, Marcella. Glad. It was well, uh, lovely to be here. I really do hope that we can see more of the game. Uh, let us know. Let the team know because we would love to see it. And if you're interested in alpha testing, just uh, let me know, Marcella. Uh, give her, send me a message, and uh, I'll, I'll get you on the list. If I'm the correct person for it, because I don't know if it's 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 my kind of. If you're a game. gamer, like, uh, the game has been built for gamers, so you'll. That be fine. is, yeah, I'm a gamer, so that might that that might work. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much, and uh, I'm going to the big ass screen. Going to show like wave and bye. <laughs> okay, so. Um, there's also a thank you for you, Bastian, from the chat. Everyone liked it. As they are very excited to see more. So hopefully that can be soon. Um, the topic for the next show will be announced later this week. Obviously, you guys have to wait two more weeks because 
it's not every week. Um, later this week's episode will be available on YouTube uh, and podcast pl- platforms like Spotify and Amazon and Apple Music. So uh, if you have been watching, I'm waving to you as well. Uh, and if you're listening, I appreciate your listening to this podcast. Um, thank you all <laughs> for getting waves back from the chat. Uh, thank you all and hope to see you, um, well, in two more weeks. And uh, then I am very excited if my brain will get melted again. But I have to say this was very interesting. So have a good one, everyone, and good night.